Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords, and this is the podcast segment of the show that's not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 449th show is author Kate Moore, who's going to be talking to us about her book, The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. Our history buffs are Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. And Ed, why don't you start us off? Thanks, Jay. Kate, you mentioned that there were previously a couple of academic books, one legal and one scientific, written on this subject. We haven't really talked about the legal part of this. One of the impediments uh, in America to uh, getting unionized labor and any kind of workers' rights um, was the old English common law notion that any of those workers' rights would be a violation of the doctrine of an individual's uh, right to contract. Um, basically, if you don't like the working conditions, find another job. Um, and so can you fit this case for us? Can you fit that somewhere um, with a legal background? Um, it strikes me that this should have been a rather groundbreaking case, um, but the practice wasn't banned, and I'm not sure that whatever courts would have had that authority anyway. So can you give us a little more legal context for this? Absolutely, I can. I mean, it was what was interesting at the time that was that the state sort of handled what was going on in terms of uh, workplace compensation and health and safety laws. So I write about two centres in the book, New Jersey and Illinois, and they had different laws in the different places. So, for example, when the New Jersey girls try to bring a lawsuit, at that time uh, there were some diseases um, that were listed for workers' compensation, but there were only nine of them. And, of course, radium poisoning, given it had not yet been discovered, was not one of them. So one of the challenges that the radium girls had was not only you know, proving that radium poisoning existed and it was what they were suffering from, it was then striving to get that on the statute book as well. Uh, another legal problem that they had in both states was the statute of limitations. So it was two years. And as I mentioned, radium poisoning is very insidious and it takes at least five years in general to show itself. So of course, Every lawyer to whom the girls appealed said, well, you can't file suit, even though they didn't know they were sick at the time the statute of limitations expired. You know, if you look at the law in black and white, that was the end of the journey. And what Raymond Berry did, which was very clever, was to say that because the radium was inside the women, it was continually hurting them. And therefore, the statute of limitations clock had to start ticking anew with every injury. And of course, the women were constantly being injured by the radium inside them. And so that was partly how he got around that particular legal issue. All right. A clever man. Yes. <laughs> he was a very clever man. Very clever man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rick. Kate, uh, I'm going to go back to some a question, kind of a question that Jay asked in the broadcast portion. You mentioned the process you went through. What motivated you to take on this topic, because taking a look at your body of the work, you've, you've, you've written humor. My favorite is Felix and the Railroad Cat. Um, you've talked about uh, human trafficking and autism and, and things like that. 
what what mm. caught your eye with uh, the radium girls? Well, you're right. I've never written a book like this before. I didn't, you know, I still don't think of myself as a historian, even though I write history books. Um, I so it was a really daunting project to take on, really. And you know, if I stop and think about it now, I'm not sure if I'd <laughs> thought it through that I'd ever have had the courage actually to go for it because. You know, as, as we've talked about on this podcast, it's full of, you know, legal complexities and it's full of science. And I'm not a historian. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but ultimately, I felt passionately that these women deserved a book and really deserved a book that looked at them as individuals, saw the humanity of the women, didn't just see them as a footnote in you know, legal documents, didn't just see them as scientific guinea pigs, actually thought of them as fully rounded women, you know, going through life, hoping for things, grieving for things, you know, having to find the courage within themselves, even though their bodies are wrapped with pain, you know, to really put myself in their shoes and empathize with what they were feeling. You know, no one had written that book before. And I ultimately thought, well, perhaps it's to my benefit that I'm not all of those things. Because what I am is a woman, just like they were women, you know, an ordinary woman who can look at their story and see those human aspects in it and who cares passionately about them. And so ultimately, even though I didn't, you know, wasn't at all qualified to write this book, I thought, well, no one else has written the book that I think should exist. And, you know, they say, write the book you want to read. It really was a case of that in this situation. And yes, completely different from my former body of work but the similarities were that I had previously been a ghostwriter for a lot of people you know working with people who had extraordinary stories but were not themselves storytellers and I feel very much that it was a similar process for me really but rather than sitting down on the sofa with a cup of tea with a subject and having them you know tell me their story verbally and me then go away and write their memoir this was me sitting in a museum or sitting in an archive and reading the words that the Radium girls had left behind, their first-person accounts of what had happened to them. And then the process for me to go away and weave those first-person accounts into their, essentially, memoir was very, very similar. And I feel really that I'm the Radium Girls' ghostwriter in a way. And... You know, my name's on the cover of the book, but really this is their story and it's told in their own words. And anyone who reads the book will hear from them directly because it's filled with these first-person quotations. So in some ways, it wasn't a million miles away from what I'd done before in the way that I approached telling their story. Kate, I'm interested in the stories after the book was published um you're uh obviously from the united kingdom this is a book that's set functionally speaking in the u.s um yeah what kinds of uh responses have you had to the book and i'm, I'm just wondering i guess in particular if you've had um social media uh responses or whatever of people who are saying um you know wow that that's really inspiring i never heard about that here's my story here's the stuff that happened to me um have you had that sort of a of a response from this book um i've had a couple of uh inquiries like that um i would say 
you know, the reaction to the book has completely blown my mind. You know, I would I wrote it at my kitchen table in London, and I would never have anticipated when I did that the way that this story has been taken to readers' hearts. People do reach out to me about telling their story, but actually, overwhelmingly, they reach out to me just to tell me how much these women now mean to them and how much the book impacted them and made them think and made them feel. Um, you know, the book became a New York Times bestseller. Um, it, it has changed my life. I've been lucky enough to tour America, you know, before the pandemic hit, you know, telling these women's stories, taking it all over the U.S. and meeting readers in person. And it's been such a gift and such a privilege to be able to do that. But the reaction has been extraordinary, and I feel blessed every day because of it. Well, and uh, we feel blessed that you uh, went through the process of writing the book and then that you took time uh, to talk with us about it because it has been really uh, a very cool experience. Uh, it's been cool for me too. So thank you so much for the privilege of coming on to, to talk with you about these incredible women. All right. We would like to thank our guest for this 449th show, author Kate Moore, who talked to us about her book, The Radium Girls, The Dark Story of America's Shining Women. The history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put K-A-L-A Radio, all one word, in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at station K-A-L-A, St. Ambrose University.